Welcome to The Fastest Five Minutes, presented by Kroll & Mori. We are your co-hosts for this edition, Peter Ayer and Yuan Zhou, bringing you a bi-weekly summary of significant government contracts, legal and regulatory developments that no government contracts lawyer or executive should be without. And we start with a couple of COVID-related updates. On June 17th, the SBA and Treasury issued a revised Paycheck Protection Program loan forgiveness application that provides an extended 24-week covered period and reduces the payroll cost limitation on forgiveness from 75% to 60% of costs. These changes implement the PPP Flexibility Act of 2020, which was enacted on June 5th. There have been a wide variety of changes on the forgiveness piece, and this is a really important change. In addition to revising the full forgiveness application, the SBA also published an easy version of the application and the various instructions intended for borrowers that meet one of three conditions. One, the borrowers are self-employed and have no employees. Two, they did not reduce salaries or wages of employees by more than 25%, nor was there a reduction in the number of hours of their employees. Three, they did not experience reduction in business activity as a result of health directives related to COVID-19 and did not reduce salaries or wages of employees by more than 25%. So those are the criteria by which the easy version can be used. So while that version of the application requires fewer calculations and less documentation, it still maintains numerous certification requirements. And with those certifications, of course, there is audit and enforcement risk. Both the applications give borrowers the option of using the original eight-week covered period or the extended 24-week covered period. So lots of important information and updates on the PPP side, and Yuan, over to you. Thanks, Peter. As another COVID-related update, on June 10th, the DOD's Undersecretary for Acquisition and Sustainment, Ellen Lord, told the House Armed Services Committee that the agency could soon be facing more than 10 billion and coronavirus claims from defense contractors. According to the Undersecretary, the DOD needs additional funds to pay for what is known as the COVID penalty, or the added cost to DOD contracts incurred during the pandemic, such as paid leave, personal protective gear, cleaning materials and services, and the restructuring of production facilities for social distancing practices. Now, Undersecretary Lord said that no contractors have submitted official claims yet, and that the full scope of COVID's impact on Tier 2 and 3 contractors remains to be seen. But there is at least one prime that plans to submit a claim of more than $1 billion in added costs to its existing contracts. With the anticipation of these claims, the DOD is working on final guidance for COVID relief payments, which should be released in the next 30 days. So that guidance is something we'll certainly be on the lookout for. Back to you, Peter. Thank you, Juan. So we stick with COVID-19, and now we want to talk a little about enforcement trends. And in particular, on June 17th, the Pandemic Response Accountability Committee, known as PRAC, which is composed of 21 offices of inspectors general overseeing the agencies that received the most CARES Act funds, released its first report. That report was called Top Challenges Facing Federal Agencies, COVID-19 Emergency Relief and Response Efforts. The PRAC is responsible for leading OIG CARES Act funding oversight. Although the report flags concerns ranging from ballot theft to staffing shortages, 
the primary challenge in the report is the potential for fraud and abuse relating to government funding under various programs. The report emphasizes compliance and oversight concerns unique to the large amount of funding appropriated under CARES Act and other COVID-19 legislation in conjunction with the need to distribute those funds quickly in the midst of reduced or altered agency staffing and operations. Stated differently, things were just moving really fast. And I think now people are recognizing and certainly PRAC is recognizing that whether intentional or unintentional, when things are moving that quickly with that type of pressure, there is an enhanced opportunity for mistakes, not to mention fraud, waste, and abuse. The report itself was derived from information provided by 37 OIG offices from across the government, and the OIG offices asserted their commitment to addressing improper payments and fraud. And against that backdrop, companies should certainly prioritize compliance now, try to stay a step ahead of the inevitable audit and oversight that's coming, and take the time now to look at traceability of the monies that were associated with COVID-19 and think about how it might prepare for the audits and enforcement that we would expect in the coming months and years. Yuan, back to you. Thanks, Peter. Now, finally, we want to highlight a notable update on Section 889A1B of the NDAA for fiscal year 2019, which we know that many contractors are currently tracking. Now, that provision bars the government from entering into a contract or even extending or renewing a contract with any entity that uses certain covered telecommunications equipment or services. The prohibition against use applies broadly to a contractor's use anywhere within the company, including by their affiliates, and is not limited to their performance on government contracts. So understandably, this has been a particular concern for industry over the reach of the prohibition and whether compliance is even possible. Now, the deadline for implementation is scheduled to be effective on August 13th of this year. As that deadline looms, Undersecretary Lord's June 10th testimony before the House Armed Services Committee also pushed for Congress to delay that effective date. She expressed concerns with the DOD's ability to implement restrictions by the deadline and to ensure complete compliance within two years. She suggested that given the complexities of the DOD supply chain, one more year is needed to prevent the statutory prohibition from creating any potential unintended consequences to the defense industrial base. So this is certainly a development that we'll be tracking closely in the coming weeks. Peter. Great. Thanks so much. And just to echo Yuan's point, we're getting a lot of questions on this 889 issue. And certainly we're tracking it closely and working with a lot of companies on how to think through related issues. So standing by there and agree we'll be watching. And with that, we'll close it out. This has been the Fastest Five Minutes brought to you by Kroll and Mori. See you again in two weeks. If you have any questions in the meantime, I can be reached at 202-624-2807, and Yuan can be reached at 202-624-2666. Thank you for listening. The Fastest Five Minutes podcast is brought to you by Kroll and Mori LLP. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, and if you enjoy our show, please leave us a review. You can find more information at kroll.com slash govconpodcast.